like you said, I'm Maddie, and today I will be talking about Peter walking on water. So in Matthew 14, 25 through 31, it says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to the disciples. He walked on the lake. They saw him walking on the lake and were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Right away, Jesus called out to them, Be brave. It is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter asked, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus told Peter to come. At the time, the disciples were so focused on their fear that they didn't even recognize Jesus. In verses 30 and 31, it says, But when Peter saw the wind and the waves, he was afraid. He cried out, Lord, save me. And right away, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Your faith is so small, he said. Why did you doubt me? What I love about God is that no matter what, he's always there to save me. Even when I make mistakes, he's still there holding out his hand to rescue me. And sometimes I'm like Peter, and I go away from God, and I stop focusing on what he has planned for me, and I do my own thing. And at a certain point, I begin to fail. But even then, God is still there for me. There are sometimes in those spiritual battles when I feel so defeated, and I just want to get up, but God picks me up, and he says, keep fighting. And even if I can't, he's still there to fight for me. Because he says, that is just a battle and a war that has already been won. Um, Even even when you're in the darkest place, I will rescue you. Even when you're in the quietest place, I will rescue you. With whatever your walk with God is, he is still there to rescue you. He hears you when nobody else hears you. Psalms 55, 18 says, God rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. You will be unharmed. Now, you may feel defeated, but you will not be broken. You will not be hurt. You will be victorious. God will rescue you. God will fight for you, and God hears you. Now, I don't just say those words. You need to believe that God will hear you. He will rescue you, and he will fight for you. And I just want to pray real quick. Um, God, I just thank you for what you're doing and each and every one of you uh, people in here today, and I just pray that they will know that you are there even when nobody else is there for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, today I want to talk about Peter walking on water. Um, our focus this week is rescue but I feel like there's so much more to this story than just rescue. I feel like it's a, it's a trial and tribulation to faith as well. Um, I want to start where Peter's walking on water already. He went through the storm. He, he saw Jesus. He was scared. He didn't believe that it was Jesus. But Jesus calls him out of the boat and tells him to walk on water. He begins to walk, and at first it's going great, and it's, it's going good, but then the wind starts to pick up and he starts to sink. Matthew chapter 14 verse 31 says, God asks, you of little faith, why do you doubt? I feel like that's such a, just a, a crucial point. I was up last night stressed about this morning. I was stressed. I, uh, I don't think I was all the way prepared. I just got off of work and I was driving to my cousin's house and I was needing to write and just get ready for this morning, prepare myself for this morning. And 
I just kept on hearing that voice. I heard, why? Why are you doubting me? When haven't I saved you? When, when haven't I rescued you? And I just thought in that moment about the time where I was in Texas, in my comfort place, and my faith was so high. I felt on the top of the world. I felt like my faith couldn't be broken. Me and God's relationship was so good. And then I got the news. Hey, we're going to Oklahoma, right? And I was like, Oklahoma? <laughs> Big old Texas to Oklahoma, huh? All right, okay. Um, and I just remember a sense of anger, a sense of confusion, a sense of, of being scared. I was scared, God, why? I was angry, God, why? Why are you bringing me into this place? I have gone to a good school and our faith was so good and I felt like our relationship was closer and I just felt my faith start to widow as I got further and further from the place I love, from the place I was at originally. And it just got smaller and smaller and smaller until I felt like it couldn't be there no more. And I just, again, why, why, why are you doubting me? And this is the first place my head went. I've never let you sink. God didn't let me sink. I thought about that. And so as I got closer and I, I was here, I didn't drown. He didn't let me drown. God, God put his hand out. He left his hand out. He grabbed me like he grabbed Peter. All I had to do was grab back. He just wanted, he wanted me to put my faith in his hands. He said, I'm willing to rescue you. I want to rescue you. Here's my hand. Grab my hand, and I will rescue you. All I had to do was grab it. And so just like Peter, as he began to sink, God didn't let him drown. God didn't let him just go completely under. Even whenever it was looking bad and he decided to look for something other than God, he decided to look for something that other than the person that had just rescued him in the first place. He began to, God still began to put his hand out, and he put his hand out, and he grabbed Jesus and asked, why are you doubting me? When have I ever let you sink? Through all the things that we've gone through, when have I ever let you, th when have I ever let you just completely sink? Um, and I just found that very, very comforting. I, went to, I got to go to bed last night in comfort. I got to go to bed last night knowing that whatever I'm up on this stage saying the next day isn't going to be just me. I got God's presence right here with me. He saved me. He rescued me. Like when a time where I wasn't able to just do it by myself, I'm not up here by myself right now. I wouldn't be able to be up here by myself right now. I was thinking, and God decided to come put his hand on. All I had to do was grab it. I grabbed his hand, and he's up here with me. He's up here helping me share his word and just get it out as best as I can to as many people as I can. Um, let me pray for you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I pray that this at least helps some people. I pray that your word came across to whoever may have needed it. Um, I'm thankful for this opportunity to be able to share your word. I, I just very thankful for this opportunity. And I just, I don't know. I'm very thankful for the, you guys, you rescuing me. You rescuing everybody. You're not going to let anybody sink. And so, in your son's name, I pray, just name, amen. Amen.
Oh, it's hard to speak when you're so touched by the students and what God's doing through them. But um, I said this in first service, and I feel it so strongly now that God said, I want to change some things up how I normally do the order of a service. He said, we're going deep this morning. And it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but in order for others to go deep, you have to make yourself uncomfortable. And this morning was a little hectic before we even got here. I yelled at my he poor husband before 8 a.m. And I just remember I was coming up here. I was trying to vacuum this stage. None of the plugs, cords were working. I was frustrated. I was about to have a meltdown. And then Pat comes. I, I went to Pat. And I think she probably could tell and see it all over my face. And she goes, don't worry. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. And I feel like that's what Jesus is saying right now, wherever you're at. Don't worry. I got you. So right now, just close your eyes and posture ourselves to him. Lord Jesus. Thank you for today. I know it's a little heavy, and it's definitely heavy on my heart, but you got us. There's a message that you want to share to every person here. There will be no person in this room missed because you're trying to reach every single person. So I pray, Lord, that we open up our hearts and our ears to what you have to say. It's nothing about me. It's all about you. Use me as your vessel, Father. The theme is rescue, God. And I feel like right now there's been some people who walked in these doors. Maybe they didn't even want to be here. Maybe they were dragged here. Maybe they just came because of a student. Maybe they're just doing the normal Sunday thing. But you're like, no, we're going deeper. Maybe there's something that they're just hiding deep down in their heart and you're wanting to bring that to the surface this morning, God. But I pray right now, Lord, that you let them know you are right there with them. Just like Xavier said, he was not up here alone. You are right there with him. You are right there with every person who is sitting in their seats, Lord. So just thank you for what you are doing right here in this moment. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, my name is Haley, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Destiny, and I work under Pastor Chris and Jana. I just want to say thank you for them and our youth group. I love them so much and all of our teenagers. Yes, up here worshiping, spoken word, um, the video, speaking, greeting, coffee bar in every area. They are up here, some of them at 8 a.m., working hard. I love them dearly. And just thank you for Pastor Tracy and Lawrence. They are out ministering in another church, and that's a lot of trust. They're gone, and they leave it up to us students and leaders. Hey, you know, us in our big old wide jeans and middle parts. And some of you are like, what's going on? What are you even talking about? That just shows your age group. I'm just kidding. I'm older, too. All the teenagers make me feel old, so I get to harp on other people. But anyways, yes. Um, I'm just so thankful for today. And like they said, the theme is rescue. We've talked about Peter walking on water. I have preached this message many of times. But one thing I love about the Bible, it doesn't matter. Like I've, I just think about growing up, you know, my dad was a pastor, growing up in church, Bible quizzing. 
back in those days and all the messages I've heard over and over again. But the one thing that I love in every season of my life, no matter how many times I've heard it, no matter how many times I have read it, God still speaks. He just uses it in a different way. You know how many times I've preached this message about Peter, God still speaks, but he will use it in a different way. And earlier they're talking about when the disciples saw Jesus, they were afraid. They thought he was a ghost. And it said, and he said, do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Maybe you've been walking and living your life out in fear, and right now God is saying, I will give you the courage and the strength that you need. And then later on, if you're like Peter, he's like, I'm going to challenge you. Like, how many of you ever, like, if you want a miracle, if you want something, you're like, I want it like the burning bush. I want to see the bush burning. I want to see the evidence right now. Like, give me all the evidence, okay? I know we're supposed to trust you, but show me now, Lord. And Peter's like, okay, if it's really you, let me walk on water. Prove it. You know what I mean? He's like, prove it. And in that moment, when his eyes were on Jesus, when his focus was on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. He was able to do the unthinkable because his eyes were on Jesus. But then when the winds and the waves came, the distractions, the anxiety, the fear, it all comes up. And his eyes became off of Jesus and he began to sink. But my favorite part about this message is in that moment, he lifts his hands out, reaches his hands out towards Peter. Of course he says, you of little faith, why do you doubt me? In those moments when you maybe get a, a scary report, why do you doubt me? 2020, why do you doubt me? You're being quarantined with your children and have to work at the same time. Why do you doubt me? So he lifts his hands out to Peter, his hand, and in that moment, did he let him drown? No. He lift him above the water. Have you ever like stood in an ocean where the waves just keep crashing and crashing? And sometimes I feel like in a season of life where the waves just keep crashing over you. And in the moment where you're like, okay, I get up, and you get knocked back down. I get up, I get knocked back down. You feel like you're drowning. But Jesus, like Xavier said, Jesus will never let you drown. But you have to be willing Peter had to be willing to lift his hand out to Jesus and let him pick him up out of that water. He had to put his focus back off Jesus and off of the distractions around him. How many of you know there's so many distractions going on in this world today? The enemy is like, ooh, I got them all. I'm going to have them against each other fighting. No, he does not because the enemy will never win. And our eyes will always be on Jesus. And Jesus ultimately wins. We just celebrated his resurrection last week because he rose from the dead. He paid the ultimate price for our lives. And when I was praying for student takeover, God spoke to me. But he spoke to me in an in a interesting situation. It was during my root canal. Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rosalie over here, she told me, Haley, I was listening last service and you're giving me anxiety about that. Could you stop? Well, some of this just saying root canal is going to give you anxiety and I'm about to give you some more. So if you never had one, I'm sorry, you can tell your doctor it's all my fault um, if you go and you're terrified. Well, I go to the dentist. I've had issues for a very long time with this one tooth. I had surgery on it. It's been in pain. It got to the point, it got better, then it got worse, and it got to the point where hot, cold, everything, it just hurt being there. And I got an infection. I was like, it's time to take care of it. I could no longer ignore the pain because for the longest time, I was just ignoring the pain. Well, I go to the dentist, and they're, I was supposed to get a crown, and they're like, actually, you have more issues, and you need a root canal, and we can't even do it here. You have to go to a specialist and get the root canal, and the appointment's going to be three hours. So the time I get away from my children, which is very little, is to go get a root canal. I'm like, Lord, can I go get my nails done or something? Well, I get there. I realize it's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take my time, and it's going to be uncomfortable. And uh, I was talking to the doctor. She's like, we're going to have to do this thing where we freeze your tooth. And I've had it happen before. I said, Miss Doctor, I've had two babies, all naturally, no drugs. But can you please, please not freeze my tooth? She just laughed. She's like, okay, I won't. Well, so then they give me all the shots. They try to numb it up. She's like, well, now we have to actually freeze your tooth just to make sure the numbness is, you know, the numbing's working. Well, I could still feel it. I'm like, great. So they had to give me more. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then we get to the part where, sorry, this might stress you out, but your mouth has to be open for two hours. So they want to make sure, you know, your mouth is open. So they get this rubber band. They spread it open, these little plier things, and then they add an extra block in there. And what I love in those moments when your mouth is literally like this, hi, uh-uh, you can't do it, and they want to ask you questions. Like, who do they think they are? They're like, hey, are you doing okay? How are you doing? Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, am I okay? No, miss. My mouth is spread wide open. I'm not okay. Stop asking me questions. I'm choking on my own saliva. Anyways, that's what I was thinking in my head. I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And in that moment, I was like, well, I'm going to be here for two hours. And I decided for some reason I will drink all the Starbucks drinks, but I opted out of an extra $70 on the laughing gas because I didn't want to spend the money. Who am I? Should have did that. Well, I'm laying there. I decided to close my eyes because I did not want to see what was going on because I could see the reflection in my mouth. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to put these distractions, the sound of the noises. There is not even music playing. I'm going to put, put all the distractions aside and just focus on Jesus. You know what? This time I can pray for student takeover. I'll just sit here and silently pray for student takeover. And in that moment, God spoke to me. He said, stop focusing on your pain and start focusing on your healing. Stop focusing on your pain and start focusing on your healing. I already started out in a lot of pain, and I tried to ignore it. You need to acknowledge the pain. You can't hide from it. You can't pretend to put on this fake face and say, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. No, because it will eventually catch up to you. 
That's what I did. But then I get there, and I knew I was going to be, they said, you're going to have, it's going to hurt some more, it's going to hurt worse. You're going to go through a process. You're going to actually have to come back and get another root canal. I was like, great. But after that, it'll eventually get better. It's going to be a little bit more painful, but it's going to get better. God is trying to heal you. God is trying to help you. But the process isn't going to be easy. And that's what we want. We want quick and we want easy. And then sometimes we get so distracted with the pain that we just forget that God is trying to work. He's trying to move and he's trying to reach out his hand and help you. But are you reaching your hand back? Are you letting him be your rescue? Are you letting him help you through the pain? Are you just sitting in it? You're just like, I'm done. I'm not going to go get the help. I'm not going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm just going to ignore it. Right now, God is saying you can no longer ignore it. Psalm 25, 15 says, my eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me. When Peter's eyes were on Jesus, he was able to do the unthinkable. But when they became off of him, he began to sink. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me. Some of you need to shift your focus and stop putting on the distractions of the world and start putting it on Jesus. Because in this moment, he is trying to help you. He's trying to heal you. Allow him to heal you. Allow him to move. But guess what? It's going to be uncomfortable. And after first service, it was so heavy. I literally said, like, you know, Lord, I don't know if I can do this again for second service. It's a lot. It's really uncomfortable for me. It's really hard with what I have to share, God. He said, I got you. I'll be right there with you. And there was a time, I know a lot of people have struggled so much in 2020. I'm afraid to even open up my social media because so many people I've known have lost somebody. Or they've lost their jobs. So many things are going on. And it's hard. But there was a time in my life in 2019, and I've shared this with our students many times before, but that was one of the hardest years of my life personally. And it's not just because I lost my brother, but it was so many different things that I felt like just kept happening one after another. I got to a point, I didn't even want to answer my phone in all honesty, because I was like, if I answer my phone, it's not going to be good news. It's just going to be bad. I'm great at faking it. I'm great at being like, I'm good. Because if you ask me personally, like, how are you doing? I'm not going to be like, oh, it's awful. I'm going to be like, I'm great. I'm great at going through the motions. I know how I operate when I'm in pain. I want to ignore it. And I'm just going to, I just want to show up and keep going, keep moving, keep moving. Because if I stop, if I slow down, I'll be able to feel. It'll be real. And then my brother, he had kidney disease his whole life. He, was, he turned 34 on October of 2019. My older brother, he was like my dad pain in my butt. I loved him. He was my protector. 
So he would tell me his opinion, anybody his opinion. You don't mess with his brothers and sisters or, yeah, he'd mess you up, just saying. But uh, he was a protector, and he went through so much sickness, and he had open-heart surgery as well, and he was a miracle. He walked out of the hospital, and he was a miracle. He survived. They were shocked. He almost died four different times. He was in and out of the hospital for months, and he survived all these things, but he got to a point. He had to go back to the hospital. And my sister and I were in the room, and he said, Haley, Christy, it's that time. He said, I don't want you to think that I'm not fighting, because I am. I'm going to miss you so much. And I know you're going to miss me, but it's that time. And so we call hospice. And they're like, he should have months, maybe. He'll last, you know, you never know how long he can live. But we're able to take him home to my sister's house. She lives in the country, so many people can come out and see him. There was like 80 people at once, and he had three days. He knew. He knew it was his time. And I was just doing my thing where I was constantly going back. My sister lives like 40 minutes away, so I was driving back and forth, and that Sunday morning, I still showed up to church because I was giving some time with his friends before I went back there. And I know someone asked, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was just going through the motions thinking, okay, I got this. And then I went back out there, and I came back that night. It was really late. And my son's asleep. My husband's in the other room, and I'm getting ready for bed. And I turn on the song, Rescue the one that you heard today. It's the same song I played for my brother in the hospital. And in that moment, I could no longer hide. I was even trying to hide from God. How many of you know you can't? I was pushing down the pain so much because I knew if I brought it back up that it would be real. And I didn't want to have to feel that. And in that moment, I just dropped to my knees and I was crying. I didn't even feel like I was there. I can't tell you how loud I was crying. I can't tell you for how long. I just let it all out. And the next thing, I just feel an arm around me. And it was my husband. He just held me. I don't know how long he held me, but he held me until I had the strength to lift my head up. And in that moment, it made me think of the love of Jesus because he sees everything. He sees you when you're in your car crying out to him. He sees you when you're walking in your frustration. He sees you at your deepest, darkest moments. When you're struggling just to get by, he sees it all. He's not going to judge you. When I finally lift up my head, my husband wasn't like, oh, get it together. Get your emotions together. No, he just held me and loved me for who I am. And let me deal with my emotion and my pain. Some of you have been trying to hide for too long. And Jesus has just been reaching out his hand and he's trying to lift your head above water. 
but you have to let him. I could have just pushed my husband off, but no. I let him hold me. You have to let him be your rescue. I'm going to have the worship team come back up. And, but there's a point, like I said, I could finally not hide anymore. And that next morning, go to see my brother. And finally, some people, some of my cousins and stuff, they went outside. And how I operate is I'm always focused on everyone else's pain, everyone else's emotion. And it's hard for me to focus on my own. And so finally, I think it was just my little sister who was in the room. It was just my brother and I. I was sitting next to him. And he wasn't responsive at this time, but I just looked at him and I said, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Kyle, my son, who he loved dearly, I said, he's going to be okay. And about five minutes later, he passed away. And I'm not going to tell you that the process has been easy. It's been hard. There's sometimes, you know, you're great when you go through things, grief, life, but then there's times where it's hard and it hits you like a ton of bricks. And it's real. Stop trying to fake it, guys. God is trying to bring us back to that real rawness in our lives. He doesn't want us to pretend that we have it all together. Christianity doesn't mean that life is just grand. It's great because we have Jesus. It's awesome, but there are going to be times that are going to hit you, and they're going to hit you hard. But in those moments, who are you going to turn to? Who are you going to allow to rescue you? Are you going to allow the things of the world rescue you? Are you going to allow Jesus? Are you going to allow your distractions rescue you? Are you going to allow Jesus to rescue you? Drugs are not your rescue. Alcohol is not your rescue. Gossip is not your rescue. Pornography is not your rescue. Hiding from your feelings is not your rescue. Your job is not your rescue. Money is not your rescue. He is your rescue. He is our savior. I tell the students all the time, and I will tell them this over and over and over again, how much he cares about you. I don't care what mistake you make. He will still love you. Yes, we have consequences for our actions, but he will never stop loving you. Maybe right now you're in this room and you feel unlovable. He loves you. Maybe you feel like you are too far gone. You are never too far gone. It's just time to shift our focus and our eyes back on him. Take courage. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Just close your eyes right now. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I'm just going to say this a couple more times. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I am here. He is right beside you. Whispering in your ear how much he loves you. Wrapping his arm around you saying, come back, daughter. Come back, son. I've missed you. 
I'm here for you. I care for you. Lord, in this moment, Father, any person here who just needs you to be their rescue will lift their hand out to you right now. Wherever they're at, they'll lift their hand out to you. Maybe you're saying, that is me. That is what I felt for so long. God is saying, it's time. It's time, my child. It's time. I just want to ask you to stand doesn't matter who's looking. He sees you. Grab his hand. Let him rescue you. Let him help you. It's time to shift our focus off of people and put our focus on him. you're alone but we don't do it alone we don't fight against each other we fight with each other you're not alone you have people surrounding you just like when my husband put his arm around me you're not alone I try to do it all by myself I'm stubborn honestly I'm very stubborn and I try to do things by myself but I can't I'm a people pleaser. I'm where God's working on me. That stuff is no longer my rescue. He is. I have issues. We all do. But we're doing this together. So as we just go into worship, I just pray that you will just get out of your comfort zone and go a little deeper. He's not done yet. Let's just go a little deeper. If there's something that you have pushed down so deep, bring it up to the feet of the cross. Surrender to him. Step out of your comfort zone and worship. Lift your arms to him. <laughs> 